what it feels like. The vulnerable. This is what it feels like. All powerful. Talk on it. And the most gangster thing you can do is serve. Is what? Is serve. He said one more time. The most gangster thing you can do is serve. This oh, is all the way. Oh my like. goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Are we live? I believe, I believe we're totally live. What up? What up? Yo, before we even go anywhere, Mr. Maz Xavier, you know exactly what we do over here. We don't waste no time with it because every week, you know exactly what we do. We give the people exactly what they want. I know what it is. Let them know one time. <laughs> it's all the way live podcast, so ready. Let them know. It's, give them the C's. I'm ready for the C's. I for sure, for sure. You know what it is. It's that carefully curated content for your cranium every single week. We think on it, we live about it, and then we bring it to you. Just two brothers, two two black men traversing this earth, and then on this day, intentfully provide peace, a space of positivity, because we know people are going through it. Yeah. You know it. Yeah, man, we know it. Shout out to you, wherever you at. It's been a rough week. Guess what? You made it. You know what I'm saying? You here. Chestnut, mm-hmm. hazelnut, we feel for you. We here for you. All the way live. You're a part of a community. And it's been amazing to watch this community grow. It's been amazing to be a part of it. It's been amazing to share our lives with y'all. You know what I mean? It's been able, it's been amazing to see people dig the recommended and review segments as they've been going out, man. I'm just, I'm just so grateful. Can't go anywhere in the show without saying that, man. Tell them what they're gonna get. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, you know how we do it, man. We have three segments on this show. Uh, we got that stumble upon. This is where me and Miles break down things, thoughts, and topics that we have gone through this week. And this particular episode today is going to be particularly, particularly interesting. I'm going I'm to do my best TI impersonation. You ready for it? I'm ready. Hit them. The particular content of today's topics are thoughtfully those that accurately represent the things that we go through expeditiously expeditiously the represent <laughs> the southern accent on the represent and the expeditiously sold me you sold me <laughs> anyways man we're speaking on the looting that was happening in south africa and if you follow this podcast you know that this is not something that not only that we called happening many podcasts ago, but this is something that is familiar and dear to our heart because Miles, you were part of the the riots in the US. Not part of the riots, let me not say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to get my real, my cool face on to just calmly walk that one back just a little bit. But it was very, um, it was difficult to have to be here, right, in, in the States. Um, not that we don't have our own issues going on in Chicago summertime, right? But to be here after seeing such a familiar sight. So in South Africa, there have been riots after Jacob Zuma's uh, deaths. And rather than riots, I would rather even say uprisings, right? There have been, there has been um, people who have gone taken to the streets to express their dissent with what's going on in the government, 
through smashing buildings, through burning businesses, uh, through taking material goods out of those businesses. And so to see that after what we saw this previous summer, after the deaths, the murders of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd, when protest, peaceful protest was also overlapped with people rioting, looting, uh, and, you know, breaking down businesses and destroying uh, property, right? Which I'm not always against as a form of protest, but to have been able to see the community come together in that space to clean up, to support the businesses that are black owned, that are community owned. Uh, it was tough to be seeing that happen again in South Africa and to be so far and to not be able to participate in the efforts to heal in the same way. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. And it actually reminds me of what you like to say about the lifting up of, of the, the love of black and brown people through and through, right? And I think even now is more important to say that prayer of ours to open up this podcast because it rings so true. But before we even get there, it's important we let the people know that the third part of this show that we do is called Wreck and Review. <laughs> That's <laughs> show. That right there is where we interact with you. You know what I mean? And we love that because we recommend what we think is cool. And this week we're getting into uh, another another album that's really that's really important, I think, in the culture, man. Um, Pop Smoke, Faith, uh, his second posthumous album, right? And so we're going to get into that, what that means for the culture, um, what it means that he's gone because no, spo like, spoiler alert, I really, I really liked it. And I liked it more than I expected to. And it made me even feel you know, more disappointed that we lost one. So we're going to have to balance a little mm -hmm. bit of the heavy with the levity in this one. Um, and the way that we do that is always by acknowledging our strengths, right? Well, this is a strengths-focused podcast. It's also a podcast that you know what's going on. It's recorded on stolen land, man. Johannesburg mm -hmm. is in the building. Chicago is in the building. You know what I'm saying? And in Chicago, this land was cared for by the Potawatomi people. And the violence that is done to them is inseparable to, to the violence that we see in this, this city to the violence that we see in this country, to the violence that we see in the world, right? So we always have to acknowledge that history, acknowledge where we've been in order to not only not repeat it, but to know how to combat injustice when we see it. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we attempt to do verbally with verbal virtuosity. Shout out to my man, Michael Eric Dyson, you know what I mean, on the podcast. And um, yeah, man, so, <clears throat> so we lift up love between black and brown people the world over more so than ever. We lift yes, up- Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We lift up- uh, just love in general more than ever, healing in general more than ever. Intro over. Let's get into the show, man. Hey, man. Yo, there's um, the world. It, it feels like the world is going crazy. It feels like the world is going crazy. I don't know if you feel that too, but there's a particularly peculiar feeling about how things are right now. Yeah, man. Yeah, I would say that um, coming out of the pandemic, there's pent up emotion of all kinds. There's a pent up want to party. There's people that have been going through it, you know, in the space that they were quarantined in and are now trying to adjust to, you know, going back out more, going, returning to the office, returning to school, returning to in-person interactions. We're, we can't ignore like that this is, something that the past two years, the past 18 months has been something that none of us were prepared for. 
and that yeah. all of us have been adapting to on the fly. And yet our society, I think the world over kind of has this weird expectation that in public, it's always supposed <clears throat> to be all good, no matter what's going on. Right. So like, I feel very, uh, just 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 grateful to be in a space where at least in most of my work we do at least check in before zoom calls like yo how are you doing and there's space to respond to that there's space to respond to that with like i'm not good and that won't be met with like you know uh awkwardness or like shoved off to the side like we make space for that because a lot of what i do is focused around restorative justice but I feel a lot of us feel a lot of different pent up emotions, man. And that's being expressed in different ways. That's being expressed in reactions to what's seen as injustice. That's being expressed Mm -hmm. in people's uh, use of drugs, right? Uh, It's being expressed in uh, just community violence here in Chicago during the summer. There's a lot of things that are going on, right? And I think it's all just expressions of these emotions that we've been forced to bottle up uh, and act like everything's all good when it's definitely not. Nah, it's definitely not. It's definitely not. And what's what I enjoy about about our particular friendship is that a lot of things that I go through are a lot of things that you go through. And that could be by virtue of we have similar passions, we share podcasts or whatever the case is. But I've I've found a lot of comfort come the time for when the the when when the 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 unrest started to happen in South Africa, right? And if I if, if I have to be specific about it, and 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 break it down, what it is, right? Is that following the imprisonment of former not imprisonment? He handed himself over for uh, to jail, right? So him going to prison. <laughs> I like how I said imprisonment and then said not imprisonment. Walked it all the way back and just. What if this episode is called but, Rope, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's 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 no there's no like the, there's no true tightrope. So he, he hands himself over to jail. Following that, there are some uh, protests that occur. After those protests, what we then started to see was a almost a a mob mentality, a window for criminality is what it was. Right. I, when when it started to happen, I spoke to you and I, and you're like, so how's the protest? I was like, bro, there's no protest happening right here. There's no placard. There's no organization. There's no community. There's no you got to at least be in a WhatsApp group to form a pro you you form protests. That's your whole job. <laughs> it's not it's, it's not my whole job, but it, it um, helping to put together and support protests has been a part of what I did uh, for work in response to like the George Floyd and and Breonna Taylor murders. Um, I think that the lack of organization, we have to acknowledge the structural perspective that leaves us there, right? So even if in the face of what people are perceiving as injustice, there's no organization around it, like we can still understand that breaking down people's businesses is wrong, that stealing from those businesses is wrong, uh, if there's not a a coherent political motivation behind it, but also acknowledge that maybe a lot of these people are feeling something that's very true politically, feeling injustice politically, but not wanting to, but don't have that structure in place, right? Don't have those same hubs to get together to 
print and put together picket signs to educate people about how to protest in in a way that is, you know, effective, right? And so I'm not at all 100%. trying to take a side, but I'm just wanting to acknowledge that when all we see is rioting and looting, that is the voice of oppressed people that have no other way to voice their grievances. And whether they're right or wrong, we need to find a platform and find a way to hear them out and channel that energy into discussion, even if we have to, you know, have a, a serious rebuttal to whatever they're presenting, you know, or if we need I to get accept that. it with more open ears than we have before. I get that. And you're totally right. Lim but it, it is hard to get past the anger of who did it, of who did this, of who, who was doing the looting, why they did it and how bad it was, bro. I need to tell you, it was terrible what these people did. It is terrible. And it's mostly young black men. That's, that's, that's the, the, the majority statistics. Average age of the people that were, that were, that were looting is 22 is what they were saying. Mm -hmm. Right. At least the ones that were caught. So let's look at the statistics. And we've been saying this all the time. There's a lot of depression in the hood. There's a lot of drug addiction in the hood. There's a lot of unemployment in the hood. And there's a lot of depression. If I haven't said that niggas is, <laughs> sorry mama gila but like you know it's real like niggas is really depressed in the hood that's a fact yeah that's a works. fact for a multitude of reasons for a multitude of reasons right that concoction with this window of opportunity led to mass looting they were burning they were burning buildings they were they were just storming and it was just a, a mass swarm, but you saw the you saw the images. I, I can't imagine what those images look like as a like not as a South African, but th this is something that affected people that are close to me. This is something that affected my family, people I care about. You know, it's it's such a visceral reaction to. And, and this is the this is the analogy that that I used, and I said this to you, and I and I called you, and I told you about this. I said. If how much people took and how, if, if how, if the destruction is an indication of what people have, then people have absolutely nothing. The destruction mirrors how desperate the people are, the, the, how desperate the, the looters are. Right, right. And I think that it's really hard, right? To me, well, I want to, I want to first say to the point about what it looked like to me to see that. Uh, I want to first say that, like, it did remind me immediately of what I saw here this previous summer, right? And so I want to dispel immediately any narratives that, like, you know, I've been hearing a lot going around uh, that that American citizens look at a lot of what's going on all over the world, whether it's what's happening in Cuba, um, what's happening in mm -hmm. South Africa, right? As Germany. wow, look at look at those look at those countries, uh, kind of behaving in the tumultuous manner they're supposed to and whenever stuff like that happens here in the u.s there's this comparison of like oh we look like them now as if that is uncharacteristic of our culture violence disorder unrest i recognize that not only as universal but as something that's deeply entrenched in the country where i live right and so mm -hmm. i think that 
and my connection to you and our family in South Africa, right? Like made it incredibly easy for my empathy to go all the way seeing that, right? Mm -hmm. And understanding that like the people I feel the most for are the people that are of and in the community that own businesses that lost their livelihoods, that lost loved ones, you know what I mean? And how can we make sure that this never happens again? And I think just as we've had many conversations on this podcast about what we do in this country, in the United States, with the people that we fear the most, I think it's always about understanding how did, what did, how did we create that frustration, right? Yeah. As a country, as a nation, how did these systems, right? Not even we, how did, how did the government, how did our history create this frustration and this uh, lack of outlets of productivity for, you're saying the average age of the people that were rioting and looting are, is 22. We have, to me, that means we have so many able-bodied young men right? Able, not even able-bodied, able-minded, mm. right? Full humans, full stop mm. young men, right? And so how can we understand and change the circumstances that have put them in the position where this is what they feel is right, where this is what they feel is yeah. necessary? Mm. That's, and then we start to encroach on the real underlying issues of the, of the things we've been witnessing, right? And the, when I say we, I just say the people that are in the communities and doing the work in the community, right? And, and the only reason I highlight that is not to be a separatist, but to, I think that is the unique observation and lens that we interpret these things through. We're not watching these things unfold as outsiders. It, it, is, it is from being within the community, following Following the looting, we, you know, we we organized with the foundation. We wanted to get food to the kids. We understood that there's destruction, and we, um, you know, set up a cleaning cleaning activities and things like that. We went into the community. We sat. We listened. We walked around. We 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 saw where it was. We spoke to the people. They were devastated. People shell shocked almost. You know, listening to my aunt talk about how it it was. She she had you know. My, my aunts were in the house being surrounded by thousands of people, just my younger cousin and my uncle just protecting, you know, listen to him talk about, he, he said, I, I wish there was a camera so you could, so you could see. So fortunately for that particular store and those, and that, those particular family members, they weren't, they did not get into there. And that's, I think that's a testimony to whatever higher being that everybody believes in. Um, and, and I also think just good character, right? And, and if you're like myself, I think there's ancestral powers that assisted in that. Just, you know, that's my grandfather's store, whatever the case. But he was saying there was a sea of angry people just unleashing an evil, is what he said. Hmm. Hmm. Unleashing an evil. My, my aunt says she can no longer, she has trust issues because the people that she laughs with and sees every day are the people that were trying to destroy her livelihood. Hmm. And it happened everywhere. When finished, they burned. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, that's, that's harrowing to hear, bro. That's like really like heartbreaking, bro. Like, and I think the uniqueness of 
perspective that you were talking about, I think comes from being in the community, being close enough to hear those stories, not necessarily by seeking them out, but by caring for the people that are in your circle and also having a means, a mechanism of, of doing something and of support, right? And mm-hmm. I think the, the difficult thing about marrying those two things in a productive way is also, is always understanding the root causes, like as, you, as we spoke to before, and these, what's happening on the surface, right? So when people are rioting and looting, we have to address that. We have to make people whole again. We have to make people uh, feel safe at their home again, right? We have to acknowledge that pain and, and try and reconcile that. I don't want to detract from it by continuing to compare it to Chicago, but in the same way, older yeah. folks that have lived Please in these do. neighborhoods. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Older folks that have lived in these neighborhoods starting to feel animosity and starting to feel scared of the younger kids in the neighborhoods that they don't know. Right. And not wanting to go out or, or wait for the bus when they know there's, you know, these kids from their neighborhood that are gathered in that space. And how can we, how can we dispel all that? How can we remind them that we are all the same in this community, right? And it's these circumstances that have put all of us in this space at odds with each other. Uh, and how can we do that and, and acknowledge that history and acknowledge those root causes and still bring justice, right? And still make people feel like that the people who are harmed in this are being prioritized and being cared for mm-hmm. and being made whole first or made whole in earnest, made whole thoroughly, right? In a way that is yeah. restorative for the entire community. Yeah, uh, but, you know, much like, much like you made the comparison because I, after, after the, the, the protest that followed George, uh, the, the protest that followed George Floyd about how unfortunate it is that the people, they, they just were destroying our own communities you know, that we're, we're attacking black businesses and, and we're destroying the livelihood of the people that employ people in that community. You know, we, we, we spoke about that. And, and also just the, the, the legacy of neglect that has allowed this, this part of, 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 of a circumstance to happen, you know, but what I do want to dispel is that I don't believe that this, not that I don't believe, this is not fully politically motivated um, in the sense that the people that were doing it did not have a political agenda, it was a, a, a political intent or a, a, a political outcome that they wanted to see happen. The, it was criminally, there was criminal intent behind it. I mean, over 174 people died over this last week within that. You know what I mean? So the the issues that that the issues that allowed for it to to become this way then then we start speaking about the government's role and you know the the historical theft of uh, this this is exactly what happens when you loot from a country for years forget the looting that these guys did forget the looting that they did this week right because that's like 1 billion the, the valuation of that is a billion rand which is 100 and something million dollars they Five times, like 500 billion rand is what they stole from our power company. That's why every time we record the podcast, there's times where it's like, oh man, power cuts are coming. That's direct result of them looting. Yeah. Right. So in our, in our effort, and that's the hypocritical part about this. And, and my only reason for not indulging in, in government is because I don't fully believe in 
their capacity to be able to carry out on anything that they say that they can that they'll do. I haven't seen that happen in my lifetime. I've seen a, a, a prevalence of of of, of theft, mm-hmm. right? It is not good that what happened this week happened. However, it is a direct reflection of what the government has been doing. Yeah, it's a direct reflection of it, right? And so, like you say, let's let's bring to the forefront the underlying causes of all of this as part of our healing process to go on, and let's see what's actually causing this. The government is responsible for this. If there's anyone that should be held accountable, it's the government, and that's what I stand on. You know, this it's a it's a difficult time, but. At the end of the day, love on, man. It's important to say that. Much like what happened with you is that we got there two days after it like ended, and people were cleaning up. There, there was there was hope. There, there was there was people banding together. I saw, in a way that I haven't seen, so many different organizations and just groups of people texting each other and WhatsApp stories like, "Yo, let's get together and help clean." Man, that is that is so beautiful, and that's the hope that. I carry in that, you know, there'll be a better, there'll be a better, we, there is space for better because clearly here we are standing, cleaning and, and uh, hashtag rebuild essay. So I believe in that, but we can't do it while, while, while all, if, if America's uncle Sam, what's, what do we call the South African one? Mm, you got to come up with that one, man. That can't, <laughs> that can't be on me. Uncle the De, Uncle Dikembe, <laughs> just, just to there make a general, <laughs> just to make a general. <laughs> but yeah, Uncle Dikembe, man. man. No, I think you, I think you, put it perfectly. Um, hurt people, hurt people, right? And there's a yeah. reason for that initial hurt, and it's often rooted in systems. It's often rooted in colonialism. Uh, it's rooted in history. So we need to educate ourselves. Um, and I feel like we could end damn near every segment of this podcast with that, like continue to educate, uh, continue to love, continue to reflect on your own mental health and th- that of those around you. Because while hurt people are hurt people, it's still up to each and every one of us to like care for our own mental health, support the mental health and just the general health and the emotional health of the people around us. And so make sure that make sure that you're on that. Make sure that you're on that with your peoples, man. How are you, man? Are you good? Yeah. Are you good, bro? Like seriously? I'm, Even as I try and bring a little I'm, bit more levity to it, like, are you are you straight? I'm Sorry, good, Miles. I'm 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 very I'm very good. And the reason why I'm hopeful, and this is something that I would I, I this is a conversation I was excited to have with you, right? Is that is demystifying is demystifying the complexity of putting together the infrastructure that's aimed at helping people, right? Like we run a foundation up and this is, this is the number that I just got in. We fed 1.67 million mouths. This 1.67 million. That's a lot of foods. That's a lot of bread. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. That's 1.67 million, 2021 alone. The goal is 10. We getting there. <laughs> we getting there. All to say that what we've put together to create something that can do that is not something that is out is out of 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 reach for people to be able to do. You know, I just wanted to to de- 
to demystify that because I'm seeing so much intent that people have and a lot of a big want to want to do good. And that's beautiful. And we and 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 that is the the future that I believe in. That's the future that I participate in. That's the future that I endorse. Um, and 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 with helping people, the scale of you can the scale in which you can help people is only differentiated by your resources or the organization that you put behind what it is you want to help people with. And in doing that, I just don't want it to ever be like one thing I hated when we're when when we're when we're starting like these these apps right and these companies whatever is that there was a lot of it seems so complicated it always seems so com- you you feel me yeah no I, I get what you mean and it's supposed to seem complicated right you're not supposed to want to be uh civically engaged because that's for other people you know at the most we show up at the ballot box but that's not how it should be we should be getting together and discussing our community and how we what we want and how to make it better um and the role that i see for myself in that is trying to translate those discussions into demands uh and bringing those demands to the dough of whoever need to give us mo you know what i mean but i love doing that i i this this podcast uh despite the range of topics that we try to cover to me is for sure a way that i try and build community that i try and work through difficult issues that i see in the world and that's what it starts with find the people around you that care about the things that you care about and do some yeah yeah definitely and it's that and it's that simple man and and that's just what i wanted to 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 to, to end on with regards to just that topic is just love 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 is love is the is is the is the champion of this story that happened right and community is the true story that we're looking at we we've, we've been through something terrible um but what is trumping that is the love and community that, and support that we're all pulling in together man and that's that's absolutely beautiful that's that's always something that brings me some joy as a man that is courted mouse by other by other countries all the time you know the 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 need to leave is always high. <laughs> when I see that, it gives me hope. Hashtag gorgeous tourist. That's right. Oh, love. Man, come on. I got to fit it. Love is the answer. Is the answer. Love, love is the answer, man. Love is the answer. Listen, there's there's other things that I know uh, we we wanted to talk about. Where are you taking me? Uh, I think we can be. I think we can be brief in uh, you know, discussing. I think it, I think it ties into the previous the previous topic, right? Uh, and if you can't tell us the audience, I think the the emotionality and the importance of the stories has kind of has kind of trumped uh, the typical the typical structure of the of the podcast. So if you're missing the drops, don't worry, don't worry. We're going to incorporate those correctly. You know what I'm saying? We're still this is a work in progress. But I uh, I just wanted to briefly touch on um, overdoses in the U.S. Man, it's like it's getting crazy, man. So, you know, we, we were just talking about mental health and uh, taking care of yourself and taking care of your peoples. And I don't want to harp on this too much, man. I just want to acknowledge it. Uh, people are going through it, man. 93,000 people overdosed on opioids in the U.S. Uh, in the past year, man. This is according wow. to the Washington Post. And, you know, it's... um. It's understandable. People are, like I said, quarantine has taken a heavy toll. The just the uncertainty of the pandemic, people losing their jobs, people losing loved ones, people having to stay in the crib, 
right? So we're we're seeing we're seeing people resort to uh, these drugs, man, and it's and and I just think it's important for us to acknowledge that and to be informed, right? So if you don't know what Narcan is, it's a it's a nasal spray that you use to revive somebody who's having an overdose on opioids. And I just think it's something that we all need to know what it is. It needs to be readily available in Walmart, Walgreens. And I'm going to start carrying some around, not because I'm expecting to have to revive to somebody, but because if 93,000 people have died of drug overdoses in the past year, think of how many of those people could have been saved if somebody around them had some Narcan. You know what I mean? So yeah. If you or somebody you know is is struggling with drugs, you know what I'm saying. There are there are definitely ways to get help here in the United States. The uh, the substance use and national helpline is one 662 help, which is four three five seven. If y'all like me, that that help does not help. I don't know how to do the letters on the phone anymore. I forgot oh, that knowledge in 1998. It's one 662 4357 all right, to locate a, a nearby treatment facility, you know what I mean? Just just be aware and uh, and take care of your peoples, man. That's that's really what I wanted to say on that, man. Have you got anything? I mean, look, we, we were in college when 2010 to 2015, or 2000, let's say 2010 to 2016. And so I feel like we were right there at the time where the opioid crisis was just shooting off. Like, I, I think we were where we are that, that, that intersection period where it went from an opioid crisis into like, it is children are doing it, you know, and until it was like a, a children's exercise. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's been wild to just kind of see that, that change in evolution. It's been crazy to witness that, uh, frankly as a as a black man when the opioid crisis has been affecting uh disproportionately white people right and just to see the difference that that's been treated in the media versus the crack epidemic how little focus there is on the drug dealers of of opioids mainly because a lot of them happen to be pharmaceutical companies and they're in the pockets of government which we talked a little bit about before and that's a whole mess, <laughs> as you know. So that's interesting to observe, but I think what's important is to acknowledge in this situation is, is keeping the same energy, bro. I wouldn't want for there to be this over-criminalization of people who are experiencing opioid addiction and substance abuse, right? I would want for it to be treated as a medical issue. I would want for there to be access to treatment and facilities, and we need to keep that same energy when it's black and brown people that are experiencing these type of crises as well. So we're lifting up like, yo, we're lifting up love and healing for anybody who's addicted to anything, right? We're lifting yeah. up balance, we're lifting up the support system. And if you're hearing this and you are struggling with drugs or alcohol abuse, then we are with you. You're not alone, you know what I'm saying? Feel free to reach out to the mm -hmm. All The Way Live podcast. You know what I mean? If you just wanna leave a comment or say something or whatever, like this is an open space, this is a community. Um, this is more than us just talking shit about these issues. Like people are really going through it. We understand that. Uh, and mm. so, yeah, we here live. Live. Hey man, I, I think this might be a good place for us to be able to take um, a break and introduce again, artists of residency this week. Um, another showing by cooler than black emojis. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's a, uh, 
this is this is the segment where if you're a sponsor, you'd be giving us some cash. So we want to make sure that sponsors fork it over. This is <laughs> bring it through, but more importantly, man, the per- <laughs> who's sponsoring this particular show is the Mandula Foundation, man. Can you tell people about our particular sponsor this week? Uh, of course, man. Of course, man. The Mandula Foundation is an organization uh, that is that is headquartered in South Africa. We are also making moves here in Chicago, and our and our focus is helping people. Our fo- our focus is bringing people resources, uh, giving people access to the basic necessities and the educational necessities. Be that technology, be that curriculum. Uh, we're we're creating opportunities. Uh, in these spaces. So shout out to Mandula Foundation. Shout out to you, Zwei. Shout out to all of the folks that that there do the work, you know, in time for chills, P, Luvo, Mo. You know what I mean? It's a family affair over here. And so we appreciate the opportunity that uh, we've given ourselves to to speak about the Mandula Foundation and, and to support Cooler Than Black Emojis. If you have some art, if you do something dope, uh, if you would like a spotlight segment, hit us up. We would love to put your content here, lift up the people in our community first and foremost. Uh, but also if you are a company or an organization and you want to be the first, right, to jump in, get it to the forefront of two young brothers that are building something up, that's going to be huge, man. If you believe in love, if you believe in empathy, if you believe yes, that sir. vulnerable are powerful and the most gangster thing you can do is serve, invest in this. Get correct. All the way live. One time. One time, all right, God damn it. So we're doing pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. I think uh, I think the free flow can work, but I think with the transitions and whatnot, there still has to be a way to do the the drops and the stumble upon and the come and the whatnot. And the whatnot. Yeah, I mean, we still have half a show to go, so we can still. Pull things in if we need to. Far from, far no, from. No, home. I mean, I think, I think this, I think this episode works just fine, and then we'll just do. Uh, we'll, like last episode, we paused to play music so we can just get into record review. Record review will still be a, a segment, a postable. I think we're straight. Yeah. I think it was. Imp- yeah. I think there are definitely going to be times where shit's more important than the structure of the show. Um, but I just I think you. I just thought it was important to acknowledge like we've been making a lot of changes slowly, like. You know the drops and all that. Shit I got you. I got you. Not, you know what I mean. We're just. Ah uh, yeah, man. For sure. I yeah, and I appreciate you for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's going. I think it's clicking. I think that was a great conversation. I think that's good. At the end, we put thirty-two minutes into it. I think we can even drop it as a. I think we can even edit it and drop it as two different videos, just off the rip. I don't yeah. think that should be too difficult. Yeah, that's fine. Do you want to do something besides record review? Did you watch Space Jam? I did not watch Space Jam. Ah, fuck. Nah, uh, we can talk about it because also I'm not gonna watch Space Jam. <laughs> so we can definitely talk. Did you watch I try to bring myself to Space Jam, right? I've, of course I've seen the first Space Jam, which is lit. And I try to bring myself to watch it, but I just I I, I don't have it in me to watch Space Jam with LeBron James right now. I'd love to see that movie on a flight, not paying attention to it. This guy. All right. Why with no earphones. It? Or with like bad earphones. <laughs> I watched that movie serious as shit. Like, all right. <laughs> let, me, let me figure out what I think. I mean, let's roll. Pick up the bike. Let's go. I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. I'm, I'm down. <laughs>
Yo. Wow. We bike. Wow, wow. Pop Smoke recommended and review. You know what it is. The All The Way Live boys, man. Uh, people like this, so we got to give it to them. Yeah. Sock it to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> First and foremost, man, rest in peace to Pop Smoke, man. Can't go nowhere All without right, that, man. I guess let's start with how you felt about this second posthumous album. Cause you were telling me uh, that to check it out, that we were going to review it. Uh, were you expecting a lot from it? Was there a reason for that? I really enjoyed the last Pop Smoke album. So I'm not, I wouldn't call myself the biggest Pop Smoke fan, but I've, I have enjoyed him since I heard it. Right, and so off of the the last album, Shoot for the Stars, that was super dope. I liked a lot of that. And to me, that would be a better album than this, just because the standouts on that album were so much stronger uh, than, than this one. But that being said, for this to be, for, for two posthumous albums back to back that are this strong, I think, says a lot because this is a, a, a I, I'm hearing the internet say they hate it more than I do, but I enjoyed it. What did you think? Wow. First of all, I didn't know that the the consensus online was that it that people don't like it. That's really interesting to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. The first one, I thought, to your point, yeah, I thought the standout tracks on it were really strong. The ones with Fabio, the ones with Drake, ones with uh little baby um yeah there's some really there's some really good tracks on on that first posthumous album and i think the overall kind of sentiment is that like posthumous albums are not often really really that good you know what i mean i think yeah. a lot of times we're just left really wanting more from an artist and there's a lot of clamor for a posthumous album but rarely are they a true representation of the artist and their work. And the first one I thought was a really good example of where pop was when he passed in terms of like the features that he was after this like meteoric rise to like, yo, like stardom, right? He was among, yeah, the, all of those people that he had featured on the album. Um, And I think without seeing the track list, when I heard that there was a second posthumous album coming out, again, to your point, for there, for there to be two that are really good seemed a little bit unlikely. So I didn't necessarily mm. rush to it, but I ended up actually liking this one more than the first one. I think the first mm. one, like I said, was a representation of where he was at almost thoroughly throughout the entire album is that kind of New York drill sound. You know, even the even the tracks that are a little bit more down tempo uh, for the ladies, for the radio, still kind of have that essence. And I feel like he strayed away more from that here. And his ability to do that showed to me that like even more versatility, even more of like, man, this guy could have made some amazing records, all different types mm-hmm. of records, you know? So I really, I really enjoyed this project. Um, another mom, 
right? Opens with the intro yeah. with his mom, with his mom speaking on him. And I just, I love the, I love that rappers are, are big enough their moms, bro. Like I, I can't get enough of that. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's, and it's long overdue in terms of what hip hop, the direction hip hop needs to go in, uh, growing up and acknowledging and being more complex and more nuanced and how it speaks about women. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, man, I just, I really dug this. So I'm surprised that people, that people didn't like it. What they, what they saying? I mean, a lot to what you're saying, actually interesting, interestingly, when you're saying that you enjoy the features of it, a lot of people are saying notably Paul Smoke had said that he's not a, a big feature heavy artist. And so a lot of the original DJs that were part of the inner Pop Smoke crew have distanced themselves from it. I think the mother might have distanced herself from it too, just mm. saying that it would not be in the particular taste that um, Pop would have wanted it in. And also some people just saying there's a, a, a rather generic usage of, of, of his of, of the songs are very generic, you know, and, and that's kind of what the, the consensus has been. But what I would say, I enjoyed the, the, the opening out the opening track, like you said, but that is one of the weaker Pusha T verses that I've heard in a very long time. Very, because I'm a huge Pusha fan. And so when I saw that and I heard the Yay drums, because Yay bodied those drums, those are some spectacular Yay. That first track, some spectacular Yay uh, beats right there. But the push verse, I, I, I was hoping for more. That that's that 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 was for me the most disappointing thing on the album. Mm. Mm. Wow. Yeah, a lot of points. Interesting that his mom's voice is on the record, but she has distanced herself from the album. Really interesting. That's kind of makes me listen feel before before that. I talk out of my before I talk wrong. Let me check that and validate it. Cool. But you keep going. I'm a validator. Cool. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing, I mean, with me, posthumous albums, I've for, I think the kind of understanding is that the artist didn't get to finish it. So in order to put together something that sounds cohesive and, and it, yeah, you do have to kind of fill a lot of that airtime with other artists, uh, extended hooks, choruses, you know, they're, they're, they're finishing it. All these other artists are, are finishing it. And if, He's if if his camp feels like that's something that's not something that he would have wanted, then yeah, for sure that does make me look at the project differently. I will say though that initially, without that knowledge, uh, ironically, I was kind of like a year later, right? I would want them to to come back and you know still for this to still have the support of major artists to be willing to be on this pop smoke project, mostly yeah. because everybody has had a pop smoke track on their album for the past year and a half everybody's yeah. track 16 17 is a is a new york drill beat with a whole bunch of pop smokish ad-libs so if the industry would have left him hanging and not been willing to collaborate to put something together i would have felt a way about that but knowing that that's maybe not something that he wanted i think definitely it should be held in over whatever um I thought was cool about that. Yeah. So that's interesting. But um, but I still think it's I still think it's good music. I think the pusher track you're talking about, Tell the Vision, track three mm -hmm. with Kanye. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. More yeah. time. I thought like uh his his first the first song after his mom's intro, fire. Um uh-huh. I liked I liked about a million with 21 Savage. Uh I'm a big fan of Busy that Banks. So 30 is a highlight for me. 
but i also liked later on in the album when it just got different um i liked what's cracking but i also like <laughs> i liked eight ball i liked uh spoiled i'm not sure which one of those is the kind of like 80s kind of almost disco-ish joint but i i like that and i'm like man again this guy could have made some incredible different sounding music i'll compare it to burden of proof by benny the butcher which wasn't necessarily my favorite album by benny but just his ability to make different types of music than what we'd heard from him before like just shows me that this guy can make cinematic music grimy music pop music records for the club records for the radio records for females like and that versatility and creativity is something that i think just needs to be appreciated um even if yeah, we may not support this album fully if it doesn't have the blessings of uh, his people now. Yeah, yeah. And to totally counter what I said, his mother actually loves this album. <laughs> loves the album the most. Gotcha. <laughs> Got to gotcha. clarify that. Gotcha. But the, Didn't uh, like the previous the album, producer. maybe. What's up? Listen, I'm... Oh, damn, man, this connection is... God damn, this connection's killing me. How, how am I coming through? How, how am I sounding? Oh, you're, you're coming through all right. You're coming through all right. Oh, okay, because the connection's been kind of shit. I don't know if you can tell. I've just been hearing, like, static at the end of talking, but I haven't been hearing. I haven't been. The connection hasn't been too bad this side. Yeah, the delay's been... The, de the delay's been... Uh, palpable on this side but it's, it's it's still gone it's still gone all right uh where was we uh get did the highlights for the pop smoke album um found out that his mom does support this album so yeah that's 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 what's up um and yeah it, it definitely yeah. that make that makes sense to me in hearing it um yeah i was super i would be super surprised that that she wouldn't i felt like her message at the beginning kind of was carried throughout the throughout the album so dope 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 i would actually yeah. give this uh four out of five four out of five mics i will return to this album and put it in playlists and i'm i'm glad we got more pop smoke yeah the 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 mathematician in me wants to say 3.58 but i know i can't do that so i'll i'll have to give it a 3.5 instead there on that shelf, man, I can't get past the the Makami the Makami album. That is still to me. I just that's the album that I keep running back to. That's really interesting. I'm because like I've listened to that album a few times, and I like and I think it's I think it's really good. But I think uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll have to do a burden of proof, not burden of proof. Uh, the plugs I met too, and uh, Makami. What's the name of that album? Pray for Paris. Pray for Haiti. Pray for Haiti. We'll <laughs> Pray for do, Haiti. We'll I was I was even gonna ask. Yeah, go ahead. I was even gonna ask you which one is which one you find better: the Stove God Cooks, uh, Reasonable Drought, or the Pray for Haiti? Because those are very comparable to me. Stove God, it's easy. You really like that Mac Hami, huh? That's not just me. It's, it's I know not just me. I know it's not just you, <laughs> but I think the Stove God is a lot more in like I don't know. It's if you're yeah, if you're trying to compare albums that are like out there and take risks with sounds, I gotta go with Stove God. 
I don't know. We'll have to do that. We'll have to we'll have to sit down and, and kind of go through that that Mac Hami that Mac Hami album because I I love it, but I don't I don't it's not I don't see it as number as number one necessarily. I I I I put it it would be in contention for album of the year for me this year. It, w- it would have to be. It, it's I appreciate it more than the J Cole album. I listen to it more than that. I can say that much. Is it better than the Tyler the Creator album? To me, yes. I got that. I got you. I is yeah. but but is it is Tyler is the the Tyler album is a it, it's a it's a masterclass, right? It, it it's clinical in its approach to music making. Clearly, Tyler the Creator knows how to make a wide array of music, and his intent is to be able to flex that on that album. He wants to show I can make R&B, I can make hip hop, I can make this hard, whatever you like, I know how to make it. And he proves that point. This is just like watching street ball and just watching someone do some stuff that I just haven't seen in a while, but I thoroughly appreciate. It feels to me like when we first heard, um, when we first heard, what's the first Benny the Butcher album? When we first heard the first Benny, that's what this album feels like to me. Yeah, I got that. and. Yeah, maybe there is just something something to that because you really liked uh Tana Talk 3. And I was like, uh, uh uh not that it wasn't amazing, but not that it was like his best work. Uh and so yeah, maybe there's just there's just a different lens that you're that you're hearing it through. And I appreciate your ability to appreciate that. Yeah. All right, then question to you then. Do you so what would what Benny album would you say then is the best if you don't find Santa Talk to be if you find it to be met? I didn't find oh no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. I'm trying to get a headline. Miles There's, thinks yeah. Santa Talk 3 is mad. Episode nah, 40. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. I dude, I gotta go with uh I I mean my favorite is the plugs I met too, but I just think, I think Tana Tana Talk has more standouts for me, but it's not the it's not the easiest to just run. Plugs I'm at too, I think I can just run for days. I would even say Tana Talk three. Actually, Hitler, Hitler was Hermes five, and Tana Talk three are what began this this Griselda run, sparked by uh, sparked by. Uh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Side gun, baby. Yeah, man. Griselda mm-hmm. is if if y'all if y'all cannot tell, we are we are big, we are big Griselda fans. Big Griselda energy up in y'all. Yeah, yeah, that's that's worldwide. That's worldwide. Yes, sir. That's absolutely worldwide. Do you want to get into Space Jam or what what are you saying? Listen, man, I watched this movie with a surgicality that is unknown to man. And this guy didn't even check it out, man. <laughs> I'm hurt. I tried to bring myself to it. I'm hurt. I can do it. I can do it with you. I can do it. I'll, I'll watch it today. Don't don't push me. I'll do it. Don't trip. Don't trip. It's not necessary. I was uh, the first Space Jam's biggest fan. I, I had Space Jam, Jam Jams, just so y'all know how real it is, right? <laughs> no cap. No cap. All sorts of orange circle tune basketball shits on my onesies. I... I dug it. Like had the soundtrack. Yeah. Uh 
everybody what uh no nah, i ain't gonna sing it but it's some it's that soundtrack is gospel. you're about to start singing r kelly that's no, what you're about no, to do no, about to start no, singing no, r kelly that there's so much on that there's so much on that soundtrack it's got like a new jack swing feel to it there's a there's a lot on that mm-hmm. on that soundtrack that uh that i dig just welcome to the jam is like an amazing come on and slam yeah. see you got me singing and welcome to the jam <laughs> it goes hard bro <laughs> That goes in. That's why you're the perfect person to review this. That's why I didn't even review it. I was like, listen, if there's anybody that I know will appreciate Space Jam 2, is you. Yeah. And I think it was, I think Space Jam 2 was uh it was a it was a fun movie. It was the best it could have been because they were determined to do it. You know what I mean? They decided they were gonna do it. They decided that LeBron was gonna have a space jam and they made it, and I think they made it it's a kid's movie, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's impossible to judge it against the original space jam. Cause that's like, a, that's just a phenomena, right? Like Michael mm-hmm. Jordan personality, the animation at the time, the way that they were able to balance those out, the adult humor versus like kid humor and just the overwhelming, like love of Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny at that time. Right? Like mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. LeBron. If y'all don't know what LeBron's I Promise School is, y'all need to look that up because LeBron is outside of basketball, one of like the athletes that's making major, major moves to like major. do things radical for his for his community. So look up the I Promise School in Akron. But that being said, there just isn't the same love for LeBron that there was for Michael Jordan in the 90s. Mm. And there wasn't, and there's not, and I and I'm also a person that loved Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny was my favorite cartoon character, bro. Like there's not the same love at all for Bugs Bunny in this day and age, right? And so yeah. when the original movie is what it is because you made a movie about two of the most loved figures by adults and by kids in the world and were able to yeah. marry those two things, to try and do a sequel when people just don't care about LeBron the way they cared about Mike and certainly don't care about Bugs don't Bunny. Care about Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Nobody cares about Bugs Bunny, bro. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And that's 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 low-key hard for me to hear, but that's really real, right? Like nobody cares about Bugs Bunny anymore. And so Baby Shark is kicking Bugs Bunny's ass anyway. There you go. There you go. And but for them to steamroll forward and make this movie, they made it as palatable as that movie can be which doesn't make it good looks like the one one of the lines from the trailer is daffy duck says i look expensive the whole movie looks expensive looks like they decided to focus the movie on tech so that lebron's kid essentially Mm. plays video games spoiler alert i guess and uh he they decided to base the movie around his video game and so in addition to the cartoons there's this entire tech video game world on top of it, right? Which mm. to me is a, is a, it's like a lazy substitute for actually modernizing it. Rather than placing real modern issues into the movie, you just add the element of mm. tech that wasn't there in the 90s. And you're like, now it's 2021, right? And like, I just didn't feel like yeah. that. It, the last kind of the big detractor from the movie is that for some reason, Warner Bros. was like, we have to show all of the stuff that we have. So in the original movie, everybody... <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> in the original movie, Space Jam was between, like, the the Looney Tunes and, like, this one little group of, like, Looney Tune aliens. But in this movie, 
it's based around the evil guy is the, is the algorithm, right? So he's like the algorithm for ESPN that's giving LeBron suggestions, voiced by Don Cheadle. So Don Cheadle is the algorithm, live action I love person. That Don Cheadle. But he should have been a cartoon. He should have been a cartoon. The the bad person who lives in the animated world should be animated. But he was just a regular guy, even though he's supposed to be the algorithm. So he's oh, there. it's like the Matrix. Exactly. And to and here you go, right? <laughs> see, now we're getting into the now we're getting into what Warner Bros. dumped on us with this movie was all of its own properties. So instead of it just involving this weird algorithm guy, LeBron and the Looney Tunes, Warner Brothers took it upon themselves to make it the Warnerverse. And now they're showing the Matrix, Harry Potter World, freaking uh, everything. Oh, it's a rollout. It's everything that it's they- It's a own. rollout. It's a rollout. It's everything that they own. So they're showing off their different their different properties. King Kong, like it's just like who who can, what? What do they show the Matrix outside of Don Cheadle being uh, Mr. Anderson? Yeah, exactly. They so they have a Matrix world, and like when LeBron is oh. falling to the Looney Tunes world, he like falls past like the Matrix world and stuff. They have Mr. Smith like standing behind Don Cheadle, like as one of the as Don Cheadle's coaching. He's yeah. like. When all the villains from all of these movies are behind Don Cheadle, so Don, so Don Cheadle, Mister, like there's like a fake, but they didn't get the real actor who plays Mister Smith, so it's just a dude in a black suit that's supposed to be Mister Smith that's standing behind him. That's so lazy. Yeah. That's so lazy, man. That's the that's that's my issue with that's my issue with some of with these re redone movies, these sequels, right? I have no issue with it. I have no issue with it, but it it always like they never take the approach that could actually make movie valuable. You know, I saw them try to do it with the with the Cruella Deville movie, right? Where they they tried to add some edge to it, and cool, that would be. Listen, man, <laughs> this a lot guy of watched Cruella, but couldn't bring himself to watch Space Jam too. I just want to know the lines are drawn in weird ways. That's just, that's all I'm saying. No. This is the difference, is that I didn't choose that movie. I just so happened to be there as it was being watched, and therefore I watched it. I didn't turn it gotcha. on. There's no, but that being said, like, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's lazy. Like you're saying, falls through the Matrix world. Come on, man. LeBron, you should have taken a red pill or a blue pill. You know what I'm saying? That would have been cool. <laughs> and so they, long story short, in the first original Space Jam, Michael Jordan never became a cartoon. He was just himself interacting with all the cartoon characters. They made a LeBron a cartoon just to like go on this weird detour. They made Bugs Bunny like weirdly emotional and sad. Like all the other Looney Tunes left him to go hang out on all the other worlds. So they had to go pick them up from the other worlds. But Bugs Bunny was like the sad last person in Looney Tune land. Man, it was just like, it was all the over the place. And that especially doesn't work. It doesn't work to see Bugs Bunny sad if. No one cares about Bugs Bunny. <laughs> about Bugs Bunny. And so it was it was <laughs> I've said everything that's wrong with the movie. And now I will say that if if you're watching with your little kid brain, it looks great, lots of colors, cool basketball, video games, cool. It's cotton candy. Whereas the first mm. movie was like this weird, unexpected, satisfying cultural moment. This is just a fluff 
money grab, but it's pretty to look at, right? So mm. it's 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 if you have kids and they like the first Space Jam, like absolutely, this is this is great, great for great great for them. Great that LeBron has an opportunity. Not sure why his real kids and real family weren't in it, but whatever. Uh, and it was it was. Do you think? Yeah. Do you, do you think like the piece the PC culture of today made it very difficult for them to even entertain the idea of creating a movie that I mean one of the big one of the big things that we're speaking about is that um the 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 sexy bunny from the first movie now was not so sexy anymore. Jojo Rabbit, not Jojo Rabbit. What's her name? Lola Bunny. No, I don't think that that mattered. When you actually Lola Bunny was when you when they go to pick up Lola Bunny, she's with Superman and Wonder Woman and all them, and she's like becoming a Wonder Woman Amazon, and that's pretty cool. Like it's cool to see her like as that. And Lola Bunny doesn't have to be sexy to be interesting, right? She's like a badass, and she doesn't have to be sexualized to be sexy, right? Like the funny part about like them sexualizing Lola Bunny is like she's not just sexy because she looks sexy she's sexy because she's confident and like smart and like has funny like quips and stuff like that so like taking the sexy out of the bunny is like it's just it just shows that people's minds are in a weird place and probably doth protest too much but (laughs) I think the movie can still be very good without all those raunchy jokes I think the movie can be like yeah I, I, I don't think that's not on my list of things that held this movie back, the ability to push the line with adult humor was not was not one of them. Yeah, people were really up in arms about that. That's that's one of those headlines when you see and you're just like, yeah, I'm not, no, I'm not. Yeah, just like no, I'm gonna, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, your mind must be so in such a weird place that you care about this. That's odd. That's up and are- yo. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, listen, I, I thoroughly enjoyed your review of Space Jam. I I, I kind of wanted to tune in for giving you another crappy animated movie to watch again and just hear <laughs> you rant on it. <laughs> Miles rants Miles on rants. Space Jam. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And next week I will do, I don't know, one of those terrible DC movies that comes out on my Netflix all the time. Uh yo, all of them. But yo, speaking of superhero shit, Marvel. And uh, people like being up in arms. People were up in arms at the Loki show because he apparently meets another version of himself and falls in love with himself. And they do things, apparently. <laughs> the only reason I keep quiet is because we know somebody that we described if they ever had to come into I didn't even a think similar predicament. That. <laughs> That's what I thought you I didn't even anyway, think of that. You said, listen. We said if we said listen if X person ever met themselves, <laughs> they would love they would fall in love with themselves. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. That's where I thought you were going with it. Oh that no, said, they did that on people were like, "What is this? Should we be upset about this?" And I just thought that was funny, similar to the Lola Bunny thing. It's like, why? If you're not sure, then probably just don't worry too much about it. It's a Marvel show, forget it. If that's fun, if you met yourself, if you met yourself, how would you feel about yourself? I w- I couldn't I couldn't hang out around another version of me. I'm too I'm too hedonistic, so me and myself would just like 
find ways to make life easier for both of us. Or we would just veg out all the time. What does hedonistic mean? It means you like are very susceptible to finding comfort in life's pleasures. So I think two of me would just find all the ways to take shortcuts in life so that we could do, it would be like the prestige, but all to just like watch like crime movies in order and shit like that. So instead of like creating this amazing thing, one of me would be going out and doing all the chores while the other one is like, yeah, I don't know. Just figuring out which of the Benny the Butcher albums is the best. It'd be, and then one of us gets mad. That never works. It never work out. You are describing our entire living situation the time I was in Chicago. That's what you're <laughs> describing. That is entirely what you're describing. One of us does the chores. Hey, man. It works. It works. And that's why this show works. And works. that's why this show works, ladies and gentlemen. That's the sauce behind it. That's right. That's right. Because at least you pick a different Benny the Butcher album that Mac Hobby. <laughs> which is which is that's 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 the hilarious part is that we think it's so different like yo nah this grimy east buffalo hip-hop <laughs> versus this east grimy buffalo hip-hop nigga you crazy <laughs> you're crazy that's what the people want to see man and we give it to them and you know why we give it to them, mr miles is because we definitely know we know oh, yeah man we know we know, man, it's inescapable, man. Y'all have so many options when it comes to choosing a podcast. The fact that you find yourself here listening to Chestnut and Hazelnut Tones, that's that's a gift to us, man. We are so grateful that you have joined us for this celebration of celebrating, the celebration of life, the celebration of how good it feels to be black. Don't it feel good this way? Favorite thing. Yes, and we hope it feels good to be you. You know what I'm saying? If you're going through it, if you if you, if you need help, love, support, then know that this space is 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 brings you that and that and that we are here for you. We love you. We appreciate you. Eat something delicious, hug somebody you love, peace, water, like that. We gone.